0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 249, Should Christians Watch Horror Movies?
1: Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens Podcast.
2: Strangers. (laughs) To boldly
0: say what needs to be said. Would you be a
2: stranger or an alien, or would you be a strange alien?
1: The truth is out there.
2: <laughs> I am
1: your father's best friend, plumber. <laughs> Superman, Wonder Woman, heroes, villains, Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. <laughs> Around in sci fi forgot forgotten.
2: The very first thing that God did so why is he why? was that He created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast.
0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens, the 249th episode of Strangers and Aliens. Next episode is 250. Wow! Yeah, Steve, we've been doing this for 250 episodes.
2: We have been. Now You're it's nothing.
0: Right, it's nothing compared to uh, Sci-Fi Christian, <laughs> So I think they're on like episode 2,000.
1: Yeah, something like and that. And
0: fifty. Yeah, um,
1: something like that.
0: Because yeah. they do four or five episodes a day, but you know, 250. That's that's not that's nothing to be sneezed at. Yep.
2: It's a real milestone, Ben.
0: Steve, what are you doing?
2: What? I, what are you... I'm, I'm just sort of... I have an early flight in the morning, so I'm just sort of tucked into bed. I just sort of really
0: comfy. don't... <laughs> this kind of uncomfortable. voice makes you feel very uncomfortable.
2: Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable right
0: now. <laughs> I, I assure you, Steve, I am not. <laughs>
2: Do you want me to just like talk normal? Yeah, that'd be yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could we
0: all can right. try that.
2: <laughs> I might even turn on a light. I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do whatever you want with the lights, man. I don't yeah, see just... that, but um, as long as you're talking right. normal, yeah. come on.
2: Mr. Snuggly. You you stay over there, okay? <clears throat> right. Usually, Mr. Snuggly makes me. I don't even want to hear about
0: Mr. Snuggly.
2: <laughs> a snuggly language. I don't know if we can do this. We have our little snuggle can we keep snuggle this? language. <laughs>
1: Can we use this? Like, just to be clear, listeners, we are not all in the same room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, me and Mister Snuggly are.
0: Yeah, Evan and I are as well.
2: Yeah, aye, aye, it, aye. In, 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 a, in a more real sense, just to let people know, my wife wrote a book and uh, it's up for an award, and uh, we're, we're going to be flying out in the morning. So it, it, it is sort of late for us to, to still be up, but she's still working on something in the other room, probably another one of her books her <clears throat> award-winning books. I'm trying to be positive there.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: and uh, so anyway, so that's what we're going to do in the morning. So, um. Um,
0: and, and Evan and I are in the same room. Yes, and, at a table. And we are just feeling the heat right now because it is a balmy 84, 85. In the house. In the house. We haven't had Central Air for a long time. So... Yep. So here we are. I've got the internet that works. I do not. (laughs) And Evan does not. So he gets to sit with me in in my house.
2: Sweat it out.
0: Yep. So, well, that's out of the way now. Let's get to the topic. Yes. (laughs) By the way, episode 250, there is going to be something special. We aren't going to skip over this milestone. We are doing something special and fun. We are digging deep into the archives and we are going to look at some other early podcasting that Steve and I did back when we were podcasting under the name of the Fanboy Toll Booth.
2: Yeah, nice. so we're going to get a flashback before Mr. To that. Snuggly.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, and I don't know exactly what we're going to use, but because um, it was almost a sketch show. I mean, we had sketches that we did, little comedy yep. things, and then conversations. Um, so we'll see.
1: By the way, we'll everybody, see. the guy you just heard talking, his name is Ben Avery. And I'm Evan, Evan David, and then the other guy is Steve McDonald. Yes. In case you're listening for the first time, in case you are still listening and haven't turned this off yet, that's who we are. And by the
0: way, we are only going to call him Steve. We are not going to refer to him by any other name that he used tonight in conversation. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, but you know, maybe it's a good thing that we started there because of our topic. The topic here that we are looking at is um, one about things that might make you feel uncomfortable or feel scared as Evan and I were listening to that voice earlier in this episode, yes, um, this comes from a a message that we got on on Facebook, a direct message from one of you listeners, actually not just a listener, but a, what I call part of the Strangers and Aliens family. Uh, Anyone who's been on an episode uh, as a co-host, I I consider part of the Strangers and Aliens family, and that's John Haru. And um, this is kind of kicking off our October in some ways, kicking off our October of lead up to Halloween, which I don't know exactly what else we're going to do other than episode 250. I know what we're going to do with that one. And uh, from there, I've got some ideas, but I haven't even talked to Steve or Evan about, about those ideas. But um, yeah, he wrote in and said, um, hey, guys, although I think it's just Ben who mans the messenger section. Uh, I have a question that might be beneficial to discuss on the show. You see, lately God has been doing a bit of a stirring in me and has, in a way, uprooted a lot of things I thought. I'm at an impasse over one thought, though. Does secular horror have a place in Christians' entertainment consumption? The problem is that I can argue both sides of this argument so effectively that I can't make a decision. I would love to hear from, hear what the three of you have to say on the question. Mm. And so we're actually going to craft an entire episode around it. We'll have a conversation just kind of looking at that topic. I doubt we're going to make John's decision for him as far as that goes. Um, The answer is
2: no. So next question.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks, Steve. Gave it all away. Well, it's a
2: no with a but, or it's a yes with with an an in. I mean, we have the big no here
1: underneath the curtain that we were going to, you know, rip off at the end.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we were – I was going to finish the introduction before we did it, though.
2: Yeah. Sorry about that. You can go ahead.
0: Okay. All right. So anyway, we're going to craft a conversation around this. And um, like I said, I don't think there's going to be any direct answers that will cause – cause anyone to say, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to think. That's what I'm going to believe. But hopefully it helps the discussion and the conversation within you as you uh, tackle these things on on a personal level. And when I say you, it's not just John, but it's also us and it's also anyone else who's listening. I think that there is a a lot of benefit to the question. And uh, yeah. So that's the question. Does secular horror have a place in Christian's entertainment consumption? One interesting thing that he included is the uh, the phrase secular horror. Yes. Um, now, I have seen a couple horror movies created and written and directed by people who profess to be Christians, but I've only mm-hmm. seen one horror movie, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I've only seen one horror movie that was what you would label as a Christian horror movie. In other words, it was a Christian production company. Intended to be for a Christian audience. You've only um, seen one? I've only seen one. Unless you include um, uh, Thief in the Night. Thief in the Night. <laughs> Thief in the I haven't Night. heard of that one. Well, oh, okay. we could start there. Thief in the Night is a movie that is intended to literally scare the hell out of you, Evan. Gotcha. Yep. And it's about the end times. And it, I'm just going to give away. Uh, the ending. Spoiler Dude, warning.
2: It's it's, it's 40 years old. It's
0: 40 years old. And <laughs> it's about this these um, young people. And one day they wake up and the rapture has occurred. Mm. And they get scared because now they realize that all those things that they had heard from church are true.
2: I but wish they, we'd all been ready. But
0: it's too late because they've been yeah. left behind. <laughs> um, and it ends and it was all a dream Oh, really yes hmm. but Whew. the movie begins with the girl waking up and there's a couple things happening and then the radio comes on and, and they realize what's happened hmm. and she wakes up from her dream and everything that happened earlier in her dream is happening now huh. so all <laughs> the stuff <laughs> that she dreamed is Can happening happen. for real
1: uh. Interesting. That's cool.
0: And then there's a sequel, a couple sequels. Really? Yep. So I
2: think there's four altogether. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Very
0: interesting. Now this is before left behind. This is, I mean, made in the, the late seventies, right? Like, right. You know, the early eighties. Well, that was
1: like the, the Christian filmmaking world was end of the, you know, the apocalypse movies. Well, yeah. I mean, for a while there yeah.
0: around the time when matrix came out, I remember the big thing in Christian filmmaking was end times movies. Um, and it wasn't left behind yet, right? But it was movies it was made by that were. Maybe the same people. Uh, but it was movies that were clearly capitalizing on the popularity of Left Behind. Yeah, because Left Behind itself, that series was a, a big deal. Yep.
2: It was a huge deal. It was like, it was like Harry Potter big in the Christian world. It yeah, was. It was. I mean, i I was working at a a Christian distributor at the time, Christian book distributor at the time, and. It was insane how popular each one was coming out. It was unbelievable. I mean, no. it was it was like nothing before it ever was like this.
0: And I was working at Barnes & Noble. Hmm. And so I was seeing the same thing. It was amazing. I mean, you look at the, the Christian books on the shelves at Barnes & Noble and – I mean, the Christian fiction was a whole shelving unit left behind and another shelf <laughs> of other stuff. Um, it, yeah. And Walmart had them. And I mean, it was it was big. But then as far as movies go, they weren't great.
1: They were okay.
0: I can't remember the other ones that, what they were called. There's like the Omega Code.
1: Okay. Well, those had the budget though. Those had, I'm talking about the ones that are made by Cloud 10. They're in like, Four three format. They were recorded on VHS cameras. Well, and <laughs> I mean that. The, and I mean it was. They had some scary stuff in there, and it was. It was stuff they were trying to do with the Omega Code and other things. Omega Code Two actually. Uh, have you seen that one?
0: No, I haven't seen any of that them. That
1: one's kind of scary. But that one had. I mean, you couldn't even. <laughs> I saw a review once, and the guy like, it's, it's a secular guy. I wasn't a Christian, and he's like, man, this movie. I really just. Hated it, but you can't even make fun of the special effects because they're they're pretty good.
2: Um,
1: so, <laughs> so.
0: That's that's fine. I, I, but those were, I mean, honestly, that's pretty much the Christian horror genre is is dominated by that as, mm-hmm. as far as film goes. Yeah. Um, the movie I saw, I was at a film festival, and I didn't even know what the movie was going to be about. I didn't know what it was going to be like. And it was. <laughs> there there is a movie called The Lock In. That I have not seen, but I've seen trailers for that's actually really super low budget. And it's about kids at a lock in at church. And I guess they're getting picked off one by one or something oh, like that. That's horrible. Yeah. But <laughs> wow. this, uh, this one was essentially um, the, the monster was a woman who was upset and was doing the Lord's work uh, by keeping uh, rock and roll out of the church.
2: Well, okay.
0: And so the worship team was doing rock and roll music. And so she was,
1: she's killing, killing them all.
0: Them all oh yeah. Goodness. And <laughs> it was really dumb. <laughs> it was really funny because it's basically like a horror movie based around the idea of uh new wine and old wine skins. Like it's basically saying you got to let new things happen, but the the gospel remains the same. I mean, they're, they're literally, that's the message that they're trying to give, huh. but it's all about how, what if those old people who were against your music, we're actually murdering you. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Um. It, it was well shot. Uh, the script wasn't the greatest, but the, the, it was well shot. Um, it was well shot, low budget, you know, drama feature as far as the, the style of film went. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I couldn't believe what, I, what, I'd, what I'd watched after it was done. I was just like, this was made. Someone did this. <laughs> so. Have you
1: have you seen House? Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. Is that supposed to be a Christian horror movie? I haven't seen it. I've seen the trailers. No, it's not. Mm,
0: well, okay. You might be talking about a different house. Because I'm not
1: talking about Hugh Laurie.
0: No, there's a classic movie called House <laughs> that from middle, early 80s.
1: No, this is like Frank Peretti. Okay. It's a movie I have not I'm, seen that. It's novel or something. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's that's the other thing that you had or Ted Decker. I can't remember. Well, those two names, they did one together. Okay. House might've been them writing together. I can't remember. But Those two names were the big names in Christian horror fiction. Hmm. Um, with Frank Reddy doing house and this present darkness. Yeah. And monster was one that he Hmm. did. Um, and then Ted Decker doing his stuff. So, yeah. And, and then, um, yeah, so that's, that, that's Christian stuff, though. So we're going to sweep that away for right now. We're not going to have that conversation right now other than to say Christians do use the genre. Yep. And I um, – Julius Destructive, uh, That's – it's not horror in that it's going to scare you, but it's all about monsters. That's one that I wrote with Tim Barron, and that's the one that he drew – and was sitting in his hotel room and just shot me an email before we really knew each other well and said would you be willing to script this and I was like this is so awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that it, that's using the horror trappings and, and it definitely has an element of horror and tragedy to it but it's not something that's going to scare you it's gotcha. just using the trappings uh, of weird strange creatures dealing with um, their their evil inside so Yes, Sounds so good. Christians do use the trappings of the genre.
2: Mm-hmm. So, and traditionally, where horror comes from, the you know Gothic romance and Gothic novels, um, you had, I mean, basically, Christian people who at least called themselves Christians, and they were working within a Christian context, were writing these things, much like you know fairy tales and 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 uh, and and. Um, things like that were were written from a christian context and using magic to uh, as a metaphor for you know the miraculous side of of uh, the supernatural and dark magic as a metaphor for the you know the the you know the the demonic and, and supernatural in the gothic world you had these these motifs and you had these themes and, and things like that. And, you know, for instance, the haunted house wasn't meant to be like, ooh, I don't want to live in a house like that. That's kind of scary. It's this is you. You know, you are this house. And the things that are happening here are metaphors for sin. And they're metaphors for, you know, the the types of things that you don't want in that house. And when the house collapses you know, and, and the hero just barely makes it because usually of some you know some virtuous thing pushed him to to be able to get out. The reader is supposed to say, you know, yes, yes, I need to be more virtuous like the hero, so my house won't collapse.
0: Do you have any examples of haunted house fiction like that?
2: Um. Well, the 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 House of Usher, follow the House yeah. of Usher.
0: Well, I wouldn't call it a haunted house story, though.
2: It's com—it's complex, but it's not haunted in the in the sense that it's spirits and ghosts wandering around. It's—it's, it's it the house is the house of the family called Usher, so when things are happening to the family, there's two two people left. If someone wants to read it, this is one of the things I don't want to to, to ruin if someone hasn't read the story yet, because it's it's just a fantastic. Well, story. that's
0: what I was asking, though, is just because I don't remember there being spirits and and that sort of thing that would typically what you think of when you think of something being haunted.
2: Right. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say that there's, um, you know, that type of like a, a ghost. Ooh, that type of a thing going on. But it's a different type of of haunting, and it's it's those old themes that that inform those things. You know, a, a haunted house could be haunted by you know something that's that's beneficial, trying to get bad things out of the house. Or you know, a haunted house could be something with with you know poltergeist. There's lots of different ways that you could look at it. Um, and that is, is, you know, typically one of the ones that, that, uh, that people would go to, to, to sort of describe that type of Gothic fiction. Um, cause
0: I, 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 agree that the whole, the whole idea of the haunted house in even the modern fiction, I mean, it, it's metaphorical, you know, it, it, a lot of times the house is used as, you know, you, this is you, or this is the, the main character. And a lot of times the, the haunting, of the house comes from, um, you know, things that had happened in the past, mm-hmm. things that uh, you know, and, and they talk about the the restless spirits or whatever who right, you know, have something that's left it. undone or whatever. Um, but some the the well done ones anyway. To me, when they're not just trying to shock and thrill, a well done haunted house s- story is really more about you, know, you need to let go of things, you know, or you need to um, find forgiveness, or you need to find. Uh, You know, the the people in the house have something they need to deal with that's physically, metaphorically present in the story using the house as the metaphor. And it's not always done well. And I'm trying to think of examples um, of when it's been done well that I could recommend. Casper, the friendly ghost. Okay.
2: Haunted mansion. (laughs)
0: Uh, Because I can think of a couple examples that I wouldn't recommend, like the most recent um, Guillermo del Toro movie, the Crimson Peak, I think. Yeah. I I wouldn't recommend that one so much, Um, but that's the idea. You know, the
1: monster house. Have you guys seen Monster House?
0: No, no. I mean, you're 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 bringing up movies that I wouldn't call horror movies as much as they use the genre. There's a giant trappings. house that
1: tries to eat children. Oh, well,
0: that's bad. <laughs> but the, the anyway, the point being, I think one of the benefits of, of horror fiction is the metaphorical side of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Can we can we take a break, just real quick? Yeah. Oh, sorry, not not a break from recording. Oh, you don't want
0: me to stop? No, okay. Yeah, but a right.
1: break from this section of the conversation. Can we just try to define? The horror, secular horror genre, real quick before we, yeah, go into all the yeah. minutia. Because
0: there is a defining line between horror and like the thriller.
1: See, I would, I would say, I just wrote this down off the top of my head and then looked it up, and this is the exact four thing like subgenres that you would pick with horror. So I, I picked the you got the psychological thriller, you got the creature feature, you got the slasher or killer film, mm-hmm. and then you got the supernatural paranormal. And so I'd lump all those in the horror genre.
0: Yeah. It's basically, to me, mm. it's some sort of outside force is causing trouble for somebody, and it's scary.
1: Okay. Monster <laughs> House.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I Comedy horrors don't work for me as a horror movie because it's not scary. You know what I mean? It's funny.
2: It's still menacing. Yeah. It, I like, would... like Ghostbusters.
0: Ghostbusters doesn't menace me.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, even with the about, Stay Puft Marshmallow uh, Man. What about Stranger just, Things? Stranger Things is not a comedy. No. It's funny, though.
0: But that's not a, that doesn't mean it's a
1: comedy. See, okay, so you would like Monster House then. Okay. Because I, I, I wouldn't call it a straight-up comedy either. I mean, it's got funny stuff in it. but
0: Yeah, and it, like The Nightmare Before Christmas. I wouldn't count that as a comedy. But there's definitely things that are meant to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And and scared. Yeah. And I, I think that's, for me, what makes it a horror title is the intent behind it. If it's meant to make you laugh primarily with, with maybe a couple jump scares, then I don't I don't really don't think of it as a right. horror movie, but it's meant to make you feel uncomfortable. If it's meant to make you feel um, either super uncomfortable or meant to create the visceral thrill of a scare, then I consider it a horror movie.
2: Okay. Right. So. Yeah. So, that's, like the, the that's most my recent one, the most recent one that I can think of is that's sort of on the line is uh, "Get Out,"
0: with I didn't uh, see the that. guy,
2: I mean, the guy from that comedy show, the duo. Um, but it, I mean, it's it's funny because he's a comedian, and it actually you know goes into funny things. But it's a real horror movie. He wrote it to be a horror movie, even though it has some you know maybe well done comedy in it it's still a horror movie. You know, it's, it's like alien is a horror movie, but it has all the trappings of sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, so and that's
0: like, where you get some blurred lines, but I never, right. for, for so me, you kind of that as
1: a creature feature, which fits into, yeah, though it's
0: idea. definitely yeah. a creature feature, yeah. but right. then it's also it could be classified sci-fi. Yeah. You know, and, and for me, you can classify something as sci-fi or historical fiction and also classified as horror. Mm-hmm. I just, for me, I just, for the most part, a comedy I can't.
1: You can't cross the line. I can't. Yeah. I, I, I just
0: don't feel like the lines can blur because, you know, a good horror movie that is well-crafted will give you times where you're, you're scared and then you laugh, you know, and it actually is building up pressure within you, within you. And then as that pressure builds up, they'll let you let off steam with a laugh and then more pressure builds up. And then the scare happens, you know, and, right. um, now, your psychological thriller, that one is not meant so much to, like, build up pressure and, and then scare. So you have release from the scare or release from the laugh. Your psychological thr- thriller is really more just meant – uh, it's just a rising sense of dread. Yeah. Yep. You know, and –
1: And to make you think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and to make you either feel uncomfortable or paranoid with the character. And then that just continues and continues and continues. And there's still some of that release – when something happens and, and maybe the character is hallucinating, and it turns out that the thing that they thought was there was never there in the first place, you know But then it is. Well, but then <laughs> it's not so much that it is, it's that something else even worse. Or they were was the caught
1: the whole time. Yeah.
0: It's the twist mm. where yeah. all these things that happened were all in her mind. But then at the very end, you find out it was all in her mind because her husband put them there.
1: Don't watch Secret Window, people.
0: Oh, Secret Window. <laughs> eh,
1: that <it> was okay. <laughs> it's creepy.
0: And, and so that kind of gets into what – I mean why would – let's ask this question then. So do you, Evan, do you watch horror movies?
1: I watch creature features and psychological thrillers. Okay. Um, I like Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'd classify that. I mean, it, it could go into the creature feature. Mm-hmm. It's definitely got scary, unsettling things in it, or at least it did. Yeah. Now I just find everything really enjoyable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> it says something about you. <laughs> um, psych- psychological thrillers, I like the, like I said, I've I've seen like stuff like Secret Window or The Forgotten or um, – I just keep naming stuff, but I mm-hmm. watch those. Um, slasher films, I don't – I've seen a few. uh, Stay away. Um, And then Supernatural Paranormal? Nope. And that's, (laughs) for me, like, that's my hard line. Like, if if it's a hard horror film with that supernatural stuff, like, I've watched, like, Monster House. That is far enough removed from reality for me that I can, I don't know how I feel about it right now. But I have enjoyed You're it. You're telling me to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I have enjoyed it. I think you would enjoy it a lot. Um I don't know where I'm at. I think I'd watch it. I think I'd watch it again. Um So that that sort of thing I, I enjoy. And that, you could put that into a creature feature as well, actually. Because, I mean, it, it, it does have some of that supernatural stuff in it. But it, it's a giant monster house. It's in the title. So mm-hmm. so for me, the, I do watch the creature features in the thrillers. Um We can go into why later if you want. But... Yes, I do.
0: Well, uh, but that's the question I want to ask right now: is is the why? You know, why why do people want to watch these movies? And that's a question that my kids have asked, like because they know that I sometimes watch scary movies, and they've watched a couple horror movies with me. But they're older horror movies, um, like the the original Fly, not the nineteen eighty six Fly. My kids (laughs) will not watch that. um, (laughs) In fact, right now I have to decide: do I even want to keep it in the house? You know in case wow. they watch it well you know I, I, I don't want them stumble across it yet. yeah yeah
2: is it, I mean do you f- find it that bad have you watched it recently recently no
0: yeah I, I watched it recently um, actually with John How are you uh, we did it we did the two-part uh, fly episode last October I think it was oh, that's right. where we talked about the original three fly movies in one episode <clears> and then <throat> the um, the remakes uh, from the eighties in, in the second episode. And it's rough. It was a lot rougher than I remembered it being. And Just like the
2: body horror t- uh, t- t- type of not stuff. Not
0: so much the body horror. I mean, that's, that's kind of creepy and icky and yucky and scary. And, um, but it's the kind that I like, I guess. I don't know. Um, more, more the, uh, the physical stuff that was going on and some of the sexuality stuff that was going on in it. Um, it just yeah. So
2: like I said, uh, I haven't seen it in a while, so
0: well that's just it. I mean I hadn't either, Steve, and so I forgot all about it. <laughs> like yeah. I'm watching it again. And I'm like, I don't remember feeling this unsettled when I watched this before. Yeah.
2: That's one of the things I'm finding as I get older. There's so many things that I watched in my youth when I wasn't, <clears throat> you know, really <laughs> you know towing the line really, I guess. And, um, you know, before I, I had a, a, a different type of spiritual awakening and now I think to myself, you know, Oh wow, that movie, I should show it to the kids. And I, and there's so many different things I have to second guess myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: You know?
0: Okay. Yeah. No, I know. And I do too. Um, but the original fly, you now that still was a little bit creepy.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and there's the whole printer press thing, not printer press, the whole, uh, Sheet-metal. metal sheet metal yeah. press thing. Right.
1: That's kind of graphic. It's
0: close enough to graphic, but they don't show anything. But you sure are thinking about it, yeah. And yep. they don't have to show it for you to see it. Yep. You know, and so there's there's that. But anyway, um, yeah, I I can't remember where we were. Why do you well, we watch? Oh, the why. Them. My kids have been asking that. So why do you watch movies that are scary, Dad? You know, and so the and it's a valid question. Yeah, it's totally a valid question. And they're not asking me because they want to. They're not asking me because they're interested or curious. They just want to know why would I watch something intentionally on purpose that's scary.
1: (laughs) And I'm, I'm, I find myself asking that a lot of times too. Like I have friends who watch, who love horror movies and I'm just like, why would you watch that? Um, but there is something to, you know, there is something fun about getting scared.
0: There is. And it's, it's all in, I mean, there's a couple things to it, but one of them is totally physical. It's, yeah, it's to getting it, the heart
1: wired up and
0: the- it, it, it totally activates I mean, getting scared activates the um, what is it the serotonin in your brain mm-hmm. or whatever it's the same as eating sugar or, or getting a, a <laughs> cocaine high um, where you have you're adrenalized and your brain likes it yeah and, and and the release too, that's the other thing because it's a safe place to feel this way. It's a safe place to feel like you're being stalked. And then get the scare, but you're not actually being stalked. You're not actually, you know, being chased by a lion.
1: Right. You right. Know? You're in but, the movie theater.
0: Yeah. And it's the same with the roller coaster. You're safe, but you get those feelings of just the danger of, of the roller coaster.
1: <laughs> See, and I think that's something to con- take into consideration is different people, I guess, have a different tolerance for the amount of scared they want to be. Like my wife loves roller coasters. I hate roller coasters and she always has to go on. Them. But for me, like Jurassic park, watching that, you know, going to see the new Jurassic park, uh, in theaters, the Jurassic world, when the Raptors come out, it's like, you know, something's there's going to be some jump scares, some scary stuff's going to happen. And I just am in my seat like, Oh boy, <laughs> like, yeah. here they come. You know, I'm so excited. And, uh, <laughs> something like it went with Godzilla as well. The new one, um, just stuff like that I, I enjoy with the creature features um,
0: yeah and yeah. but it's it's a it's a Weird. physical reaction and that's one other reason why you know you can sell more popcorn and food at a horror movie cuz you want some comfort no no because your body needs like you're actually your body is wired to respond to fight or flight yep you know and your body needs fuel to fly you know, to to run away or to fight. And so your body, as you're getting scared, actually wants the fuel of the popcorn.
1: See, I would use the popcorn bag and the drink as a buffer between me and the screen (laughs) as a security (laughs) blanket. I
0: I can't remember if I've told this story on, on this podcast before, but we had a friend, um, who I'm not going to say his name because if you're listening and you know, my friend, Brad, um, he, you just said he, his name. Yeah, I know. I did that on purpose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, he hates scary movies. Hates, hates, hates scary movies. And so we tricked him. First of all, oh, no. we got him to go to Blair Witch Project with oh, us.
1: Why oh, why on Man. earth would you ever do that? That's a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah,
0: that's why. <laughs> oh, <God>. and so, <laughs> that's why. We told oh. him. We told him we would buy him. Never. We, we told him we would buy him his popcorn. And... And so we did. We bought his ticket and his popcorn, and we watched the movie. And he spent the entire movie between me and my friend Dave uh, with his legs pressed out, his knees pressed out against ours, <laughs> and his hands like against us, and <laughs> just totally freaked him out, right? So the next movie we were going to go to, or maybe not the next movie, but my friend Dave and I, we, we, we planned this. Oh, boy. Final Destination. Oh.
1: That, to me, that's not as bad hold on. as Blair Witch. Well,
0: for me, it was. Okay. Um, I felt really bad after Final mm. Destination because of how there's so much buildup for all the different kills gotcha. that are happening, and it's a slasher movie. So it's just a lot more gory. Uh, there's little to no gore in I've never Blair seen Witch, it. Okay. right? But like, no, Final Destination is all about how. Um, Someone has a premonition that the plane is going to blow up in the sky and doesn't get on the plane and four of the friends don't get on the plane. And so now these people were intended to die on the plane on the plane. And so now death is taking them down one by one in the order that they would have died on the plane. Mm. OK. And so all it is is Rube Goldberg machines, Rube Goldberg machines of death. And so you have the person going in the bathroom to take a shower and they're stepping on the water. There's water on the ground. There's a radio. Is it going to fall into the water and they're going to get electrocuted? Oh, no. And there's all these different things and the whole thing is just build up, build up, build up, build up, build up until the payoff is they die. You know, and it's usually in a way that they've set up with checkoffs in this case shower curtain, you know. And they set it up, the things are all there, you know, but then it happens, and you're not expecting it to happen exactly like that. Okay, so we're there with Brad, and he's sitting there with his popcorn. And there was one jump scare where the popcorn went everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he's just, whoa!
1: <laughs> and the
0: popcorn flew up in the air, and it went all over everywhere. <laughs> and when we came out of that movie, I mean, he was he was rattled. Mm-hmm. His nerves were so rattled. I mean, he looked like he had been through it war he looked like he had a mild like ptsd kind Ugh. of thing i mean it was just it, it just was it, 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 we and i vowed never again to try and do that but the way we got him to go was we said it's called final destination it's it's an action movie like passenger 57 you know it's it's just about a plane and some people on a plane Ugh. and he didn't even know it was supposed to be a scary movie
1: Ugh, horrible <laughs> did you not let him see the poster or anything
0: he couldn't tell from the poster oh,
1: yeah
2: wow. wow See, for me
1: you would have to tie me down with chains to get me to watch the blair witch project <laughs> like did you see it i've seen some of it and just even the parts that i've seen i'm just like nope oh nope.
0: i mean i can't imagine it scaring someone today really no no i mean i can't imagine someone who's who watches any movies at all
2: if it just came out today, today i mean the yeah. thing is it, it kicked but out when it the came whole... out
0: then yeah it was a different story altogether yeah people thought it was real. So it-
2: it kicked off a whole genre, yeah. You know of, of other uh, people that were doing similar similar things, and nowadays you get parts of movies that have that in it. You know, the the person with the video camera and say, like, "Wait a minute, what's something just happened?" And you see all the the found footage type stuff, like uh, what was the name of that monster movie that Cloverfield. was like uh, Cloverfield? Yeah, yeah I, Cloverfield. You know, so you you get stuff like that now, but the thing is, if that had come out then. I mean, <laughs> if that hadn't come out then, then something else you, would have you, something else. would have. But if that type of thing came, I mean, it's just War of the Worlds. Same thing. The, the radio play, you know, you it, it would be so difficult to do it nowadays. But, you know, it, they redid it in the 60s and modernized everything. And people were still calling into the station saying, is this real? Is this real? So it's like it, it still can have that effect. It's just so difficult. But if you didn't have the first one, and it just came out today, and it was starting off a new genre, I mean, who knows? So it's it, But you know, you, you can't you can't look back and say you know, oh well, that that exact same thing's playing today wouldn't have you know the same effect because it's it's. Well, but, uh, what what I can say what point. I can
0: say though, Steve, is if someone hasn't seen that movie, but they've seen tons and tons of movies because they watch movies and they watch that movie, it wouldn't affect them as much. Right. I I really don't think so. I mean, there was, there was decent sound design, but the acting was horrible.
1: I'm still not going to
0: watch it. And it was ad-libbed by these people who aren't actors. Right. And it was, you know, and that added to some of the charm, I guess, and added Mm -hmm. maybe to some of the, the versatility of it, but it just, yeah. Anyway, um, so that's – but that's kind of – one of the whys is the physical reaction that you get and the thrill that you get. Um, but I would, I would suggest that some of the whys are also the, the metaphors that you get and that you can build in a horror movie that come out of just these ide- – the prime idea of good versus evil. Right. I mean that is one of the most interesting things to me about the horror genre. It is – it's the one genre where you can really – have your characters believe in good and evil. Now they try and mm-hmm. subvert it sometimes, but, um, in so many of these movies, you know, God and the devil are portrayed as real, yep. you know, and, um, good is portrayed as something worthy and valuable and evil is portrayed as something that you want to stay away from. Right. Uh, and, like I said, they they can subvert it, and these are things that are not being made by Christians necessarily. A lot of times, some of those Christian um, Christian motifs or uh, Christian ideals or Christian values or morals are accidental, <laughs> and, and, you know, not necessarily meant to be placed there by the filmmakers, but they right. end up there anyway because there is you know just universal. I mean, yeah. There is, there is truth, you know. There's yeah, like the
2: the cross warding away vampires. Right, that's, that's know, the, like...
0: probably the best example, Steve.
2: Yeah,
0: um, is that's an example of something fictional that when you write the fiction, oh well, why would the cross have power? Because of this Jesus person who mm-hmm. people believed in, you know, and and then you subvert it by saying it only has power if you believe in it. Right. Or, um, so it's not actually, the cross doesn't have power because of what Christ did on the cross. It has power because you believe that Christ did it. And so any other religious symbol that you believe in would also do the same thing. Right. And, and so then you also have the subversion of it doesn't really work. You know? Or, yeah. <laughs> um, or the vampires pretend that it works so that people think they have power or, or whatever. Um, and then I, 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 have not seen this, but there's, there's, a, there is a show or, or a book or something where they try and have a scientific um, reasoning for behind vampires, and the scientific mm-hmm. reason why a cross, um, and again I haven't seen this, I just heard someone talking about it, but the scientific reason that a cross affects them is because it it actually gives them a headache to see the intersecting lines. <laughs> And, and so that's why the cross. Wow,
2: they, they must hate going wow. to Scotland. All the no, lads. S- seriously, like
0: that's and so <laughs> yeah. that's why they come out at night too, because then they don't see these things as easily, and oh, they can't yes. see the details as easily. And uh, again, I haven't seen it, wow. but I thought it was a pretty amazing retcon. Dumb.
1: Uh,
0: I think it's really good. <laughs> like if you're gonna try and find a scientific reason why a cross. I, you can't see my hands right now, but I just you know did the my hands cross and horizontal and vertical. Um, if you want a scientific reason for why that happens, and you're creating a world where God does not exist, and you know there there is no power in the cross,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's I think pretty good. I think that's pretty amazing. <laughs> so anyway, um, another thing we already kind of talked about this a little bit, but another reason is it is a chance to actually face fear you know and and to to sit through something like that you know is a chance for you to you know face a fear face a scary situation but again it's safe you know yeah. you it's it's on the screen and you are because, going yeah. to be okay when it's done
2: because as a christian you watch these things and you're like you know well what if godzilla was in town do we really do we really have anything to fear I mean no you want to you know you want to try to preserve your life so you'll be able to be a you know a, a better witness for for Christ and and you know perpetuate your life so you can do great things for you know the Christendom but it's not like I want to run from my life because my life is the only important thing and it's more important than other people's lives and you know all that stuff and it it's, it you just have that different effect on the whole thing it's like well I I wouldn't fear for my life because there's nothing really to fear you know, I would fear for the length of my life or I would be concerned that it would be curtailed because, you know, then I, I possibly can't do as much as I wanted to. You know, I, I'm going on a missions trip next month. I'd like to still go on that to bring the gospel to people who don't have it. Godzilla might have other plans for me. So, you know, watching it nowadays, <laughs> it's sort of like you can just sort of take a, a you know a, a step back and look at it in a different way. And you don't have well, that I mean- fear
0: Using you know, Godzilla as your example, uh, making the original Godzilla movie was in some ways a, a cathartic endeavor for the mm-hmm. people who are making that movie because they were making a movie about a genuine, real fear that they had
2: right, right. of uh,
0: nuclear warf- warfare it, because it had happened yep. with, with them. and But they're doing so in, in a way where they're able to say, OK, let's talk about the fear that we have here without actually talking about it, you know, and – now then Godzilla turned into something else. You know, after that movie they still tried to come back to some metaphors with it, but mm-hmm. Godzilla turned into, you know, the friend of children instead of the right. uh, the the metaphorical representation of of the H bomb.
2: Right. But cuz the um, H bomb is not a friend to children. It is
0: not <laughs> a friend to
2: children. That should be stressed.
0: <laughs> um it, but that's again, some of these some of these things and so that's where I see a lot of benefit in in horror as a, as a, as a genre that writers, you know, especially Christian writers can use is, is the metaphor the, to say, okay, you've got these things and they're scary. And, um, monster by Frank Peretti was all about you know, the metaphor of, of, um, sinful hearts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's really interesting, you know, um, the way he did it and there's some gross stuff in it. But then, using the metaphor of this kind of gross thing that's happening within people's bodies, it's a visual. Well, I guess it was a book, so it wasn't so much visual. But it's <laughs> it is definitely a metaphorical um, presentation of the grossness of sin. Right. And and so I think there's value there. Uh, and and I, I think my answer to the question of is um you know is secular horror uh, a uh, I, I closed the window, so I can't remember the, the wording he used. But acceptable <laughs> f- to put in your library yeah. as a Christian. A- acceptable f- uh, for acceptable consumption for for Christians. Mm. You know, um, I, I say, Steve, y- you started out with, <laughs> it's no but or yes if. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that there's some truth to the the no and yes. Um, for me, I mean i I look at horror movies, and there are there's definitely a line that I don't want to cross with the kind of stuff that I watch. First of all, can I handle it? That's one question. And right. second of all, what is, what is the message that it's giving me? Um, and And sometimes the message that it's giving me, I'm able to sit through, even if it's like a totally corrupt message, because I'm able to discern and, and I'm seeing the corrupt message, but even seeing this corrupt message, I'm, having the conversation about, well, why is it corrupt? Hmm. You know, um, that's not necessarily the best thing to do. And I wouldn't say use that as an excuse to watch anything you want to watch because, um, (laughs) that's not a great thing. You you can't say, Oh, I I can watch this, this, uh, pornographic film because it's actually showing me what's not okay. (laughs) It's a cautionary tale. Yeah, exactly. The cautionary tale. (laughs) A lot of times the cautionary tale is used as an excuse to show the things Right. That they're cautioning against.
1: <laughs> because there is a way to put those things in your story without showing them or describing exactly. them in graphic detail yeah. and
2: all that yeah, exactly. stuff.
1: Exactly. So it's sort
2: of like if you're writing a book and in the book it says and then John swore and then it goes off, you know, and tells the rest of the stuff. I mean, did you just as a, a Christian writing a book, did you just swear? You well, know, or it, or, you know, and it's easier to do in writing movie. a book
0: than it is in writing a screenplay. Yeah, oh, much you know? much easier. Yeah, and
2: but but, but there, there are ways, ways around it. Out. Yeah,
0: yeah. And in some ways, are going to be more artfully perceived. In some ways, are going to be perceived as a complete cop out. And some ways are going to be more artful than others. And that's what you have to be aware of. You know, and right. and you know you don't just need to be aware of what are you presenting. You also need to be, be aware of your own personal. Uh, this is for the artist your own personal limitations on your abilities to be able to present these things. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I mean, it, for me, it all comes back to first Corinthians six twelve, and which is the, let me get my, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All right. things are lawful for me, but I won't be dominated by anything. Right. Um, and, and for me, the all things phrase, I think it's misused a lot because clearly not all things are, are okay. You know, there are are
1: not clearly sinful things.
0: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) clearly we can all agree, even though you may not agree where the line is drawn, we can all agree there's lines. Yeah. You know, but the whole idea here is as you are looking at something and, and this is where you do get, I'm not getting postmodern with this. We have different um, capacities for things where we can say, um, this is something that is okay for me, even though, Evan says this is something that's not okay for him because for both of us, we might be able to do either one of these things, but for me, it's more beneficial. And for him, it's not beneficial. And that's why, um, when Evan and I first met and we started having conversations about magic and stuff like that, my, my goal has never ever been to convince Evan that you need to do the things that I think are okay. Right. Because as you know, whenever I've had those conversations with him, especially early on when I didn't really know, much about why he was saying what he was saying or much, and I'm learning, you know, what are the lines he can, he's drawing. Um, my goal is just to see, okay, so what's beneficial for, for Evan? And if, if this thing is something that bothers him, why does he need to watch it? You know, yeah. it's, it's not necessary, you know, and so that's, that's where I would come down on, on horror movies. Uh, some of them, and I'll admit, you know, I don't watch every single movie, poor movie or not. I don't watch every single movie with an eye toward how is this going to cause me to have, you know, some new insight on my relationship with Christ? You know, sometimes I'm watching something just to laugh. Yeah. and <laughs> and sometimes I'm watching something just to be just to be taken away and find some rest, you know and and laughter is a part of rest or um just seeing. Like I like watching old movies that are not good.
2: <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> I do. I enjoy watching them. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm, and part I'm of right
0: the part of the enjoyment comes from being able to laugh at it or with it. Mostly at it, I guess. But some of it comes from you know just being able to, to sit back and and not have to worry myself about bills. Yeah, you know, yeah. stuff <laughs> like that. Um, but then there are. Worthy, artful movies that do allow you to take consideration of the world around you and and the things you believe and um, the things other people believe and again I I just come down to though I know that there are people who can handle things better than I can and I trust them.
1: For me, uh, my line, like I said, with magic is usually in flux. Because it's just something I got. I'm always praying through I'm talking to different people about it. And I'd say I'm even in a different place than I was when we recorded that magic episode. But for me, it comes down, for horror movies anyway, especially those supernatural ones, um, I'm not gonna be able to sleep at night. And it's, I'm just gonna, it's gonna fill me with anxiety and dread and, um, it definitely will ramp up my prayer life. <laughs> So maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. You know? well, <laughs> and, and, but
0: what, what you're describing is exactly why my kids ask me,
1: right.
0: why Why do you watch it? Because they are picturing watching a movie that fills you with anxiety and dread. Mm-hmm. And I know my limits. And sometimes I'll end up finding myself in a place where uh, this is too much. Yeah, Final Destination was really close to being too much for mm-hmm. me. And it definitely made me feel really guilty. <laughs> <You know. laughs> but um it, anyway – Um but that's where you you know your limits, and
1: mm-hmm. and so and I think that's that's something definitely to consider in your your consideration of should Christians do this, because you know, Philippians four eight, only think about these mm-hmm. good things you know, and like we said, some horror movies they can cause you to think about those good things because of the metaphors in them, and but then there's other times that. Like you said, where it's too far, and it, instead of yeah. becoming a thoughtful, edifying uh, dip in the fear pool, it's you've jumped into the deep end and you're drowning. Right. So, yeah. right.
0: Well, and and they're causing you to think about the positive, but they're causing you to think about the positive by feeding you the negative.
2: Yeah, and if all you, you know, get is the negative, and you, they're just assuming that you're going to get the positive, you know, just by contrast, sometimes people. I mean, that's why Darth Vader is on kids' lunch boxes. You know, it's stuff like that. It's because it just gets popular and, you know, it becomes the face of something. So you have, you know, Mickey Mouse and a Darth Vader helmet and stuff like that. And you're just like. <laughs> but they're dressing
0: it... Mickey Mouse up as a serial killer.
2: Exactly. Who's killed you know?
0: a room full of children.
2: Exactly. So, guys, you know, he it turns gets back to the good side. He,
0: he does. <laughs> he does. But would you do the same thing with. I don't know. Let's say there's a murderer. (laughs) No, No. let's say there's a murderer in real life and they do the story of his life and he finds Jesus in prison. Are you going to put his face? You know, I've got Darth Vader action figures in this house. My six year old son plays with them. Darth Maul is in, you know, he he loves getting Darth Maul out to scare my wife because she (laughs) hates Darth Maul, you know. Uh, Okay.
1: Yeah, Darth Vader's it's,
0: it's, a, a child killer. Yes,
1: yes. But, he's, but tell without, me he's not. He he is. Without he's that a symbol of evil.
2: <laughs> without that character, you couldn't have this this story of redemption. He's trying to tell. I think he fails. But you know that's a conversation for another day. But he, he, you don't have. You can't tell the story without having something like that. And it's a redeemable evil and you have this irredeemable evil and that's even worse. And so when the redeemable evil does something to the irredeemable evil that you know gets rid of it, it it's like starts that whole thing. And I understand that. You know, that's that's part of the you know, the the inner process of these stories. That's how it's it starts to work on you. You know, personally. It is interesting about- personally when when, when I watch horror movies nowadays most of the time it's it's very clinical and it's you know I'm watching it for a certain reason and you know because maybe it was uh, like you know wildly acclaimed like I, I recently watched Pan's Labyrinth for the first time because you know some people just keep talking about Pan's Labyrinth and everything and I'm, I'm like well I guess I should have to see it if I had if, if I've done 249 podcasts about this genre you know that it touches the genre I probably should see the ones that people you know are still acclaiming 10 years after so um, but it was the first time I'd ever seen it but I, I, you know, it wasn't the type of thing that I, I, you know, turned the lights down low and put it on a big screen. I just like watched it on my laptop, more clinical, more you know, looking at it to say, okay, how can I critique it? How can I, you know, what are the good points? What are the bad points? And thinking through it as I'm watching it, which I do, you know, much more now um, than I ever did in my past. Um, and you know, to tell the truth, horror doesn't come up much on my playlists, so. You know, if I'm ever watching a horror movie, it's most of the time it's because someone said, hey, check this movie out because it has some sort of spiritual application or, you know, check this movie out. It was a classic and, you know, you should probably see it just to be conversant in it. So for me, that's that's pretty much the two that I go to.
1: Uh, uh, One other thing that I just thought of that might be uh, something to think about is how much. And this is this might be another topic I don't know, but how much does it cause you to become in the fandom, or how much do you just really like? So, for instance, are you going out and you've got the spider earrings, and you're you know wearing the black eyeshadow? Or I don't know. You can make your own choices. They're not saying spider earrings are bad. God made spiders, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, like I know some. Yeah, people what are who you like, representing? are super, yeah. They're like super, super into this stuff. And sometimes I'm like, is that the right choice that you're making? And and I don't know. I I just feel like it's bleeding way over. It's overflowing into your lifestyle a little too much. I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: I think that's, that's true for anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And 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 actually, I mean,
0: I think this conversation is true for anything. You know, I, I think we're, we're, we're talking about horror, but I think we could apply this to any kind of consumption Mm -hmm. of, of, of things Music, and, and, any kind, and so what you're talking about is you know you, the fandom and how much does the fandom bleed into your real life um and is it a bad thing uh, but just but, because
1: the subject matter for this particular fandom is very negative for the most oh part. Yeah, yeah yeah so um because i think that's a it's a difference between being the biggest you know spider-man fan yeah. than being the biggest <laughs> poltergeist fan or Deadpool, yeah. right? Yeah, or Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> I had to throw that in there for you, Daniel.
0: <laughs> had to throw it in there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it, it, that's the other thing is there is this there is this question of okay, I'm a Christian representing Christ. And representing, Mm -hmm. and representing the, the church as a body, not necessarily the, your, the church you go to. Although I do know of people who go to churches where if they're on staff, they're not allowed to watch certain things. Hmm. They, they take a, they make a lifestyle, um, covenant that they won't do certain things. And, and sometimes movies is on that lifestyle covenant and,
2: like automated um, movies or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. yeah, so the the question is okay, who are you representing when or or are you representing well when you're you're going out and saying, "Yeah, man, this is the greatest thing ever." There's definitely perception and, and it's right. so for some people perception uh, okay, for the person who's perceiving, perception is reality. Mm. Um for the person who's being perceived, you there's a couple ways to to deal with that. And one is educate the person about the real reality the other is to pretend to be the thing that they you think they want to perceive you as so change yourself to be what do you think people want you to be um or have i don't want to call it a rebellious nature because that's not the right word but basically a nature that says i don't care what you think i'm gonna do what i want you know and <laughs> uh, there's various uh, various um truth behind all three of those where
1: well and i think there's compartmentalization as well and i think that's something that you do well ben is that you like we just talked about you're not taking your kids to go see these horror movies because you know there's a time and a place and an age and a Mm you know whatever
0: i think a lot of it goes back to um intent we've talked about this before but the intent of the artist of the work that you're taking in and then your intent in watching it. Um, you know, a lot of uh, Evan, you, you pointed out slasher films. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's also something that I would, I would agree with most slasher films. Um, the thrill comes in watching people die, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, final destination was, was kind of like that. It wasn't as bad as some, but the thrill was, how are these people going to die? Now, where it gets even worse is a lot of slasher films intentionally, and you could argue that there's a good reason for them to do this by showing the negative to get to the positive. But intentionally, use the point of view of the camera, a first-person point of view with the, with the killer.
1: So you're seeing – So
0: you are seeing what the killer sees, mm-hmm. and you are being placed intentionally in the killer's point of view. Mm-hmm. And – those kind of things, again, what are you watching for? Are you watching it because you're going to see lots of blood and you get the thrill of the kill and there's going to be, you know, nudity, mm-hmm. which is another hallmark of slasher movies. And another reason right. why I, st- I tend to stay away from slasher movies is because I know my limits <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah. so that's, yeah, but even the slasher movie, kind of adheres to what I'm talking about with um, there's an assumption of the reality of evil and and that's that's one thing that horror movies as a genre have. There's the reaction against evil where people are trying to get away from it um, because it's going to kill them and there's also the retribution against evil where now unfortunately sometimes the, the whole idea is people are dying and I hear some conversations about horror movies where they're like that person... The, the lady in uh, Jurassic World. Oh, gosh, that's
1: so The lady so in Jurassic World. The
0: the wedding. Who's Who's planning her wedding? Yeah. On the phone. Yep. and Is a little bit annoyed that she has to watch these children. And I've I, I listened to a whole conversation in a review of the movie where they're talking about she didn't deserve to die. You know, by rules of of horror movies, they're setting her up as because she wasn't a very good mother figure and she's doing her wedding planning when she's supposed to be watching the kids the movie is saying she deserves to die and i don't think that's true at all i mean that woman died not because she deserved to die it was meant i think to show it's just chaos yeah you know everyone's gonna Any- die anyone can die. anyone can anyone will yeah <laughs> and but some of these movies are meant to show a retribution you know where the killer is coming back from the dead to have revenge against the, the people that, that did this evil thing to him and so they try and set up characters that you want to die you know and
1: well, then you have the specter hmm? he's yeah. a superhero and they do some horror elements in there but he's basically the hand of God's vengeance mm-hmm. on earth and yeah. turning your arm into worms and <laughs> horrible things like that yeah. <laughs> so
0: but there is a thrill in seeing people get justice it's just Again, intent.
1: Yeah. You, know? you can see people get justice in an MCU movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not, you don't yeah. necessarily
0: need to see. So, But I, I say your intent as a viewer and the creator's intent as the creator work together in kind of deciding, should you watch this thing? And that whole question of all things being permissible but not all things being beneficial, well – that's something you have to be honest with yourself and honest with God about. God's going to be honest with you about it, because He does not. Lie. You just have to listen to it, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't really answer the question. But I think we've done a good job discussing the question. Yeah, gives you
1: some stuff to think about. Yeah, it's given me some stuff to think about.
2: And uh, would, would like, either of you? Would either of you um, say there's like one? High point or like one really great horror movie that you, you know, as a Christian, maybe you should see this one.
0: I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I. Any kind of horror movie recommendation, I'm very careful about. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, recently. There was The Shallows, Um, which for me was kind of the triumph of the human spirit kind of thing. Um, Then there's Signs, which I don't know if it's actually scary, but I like what it's saying. I'm sure
1: it was scary. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. I I
0: have seen that one. Yeah, Um, yeah, and I go back to like Jaws and Alien as well.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. You know?
0: But again, Alien, it,
2: Alien, very rough on language, though.
0: Yeah, and that's that's just it. I mean, I, I anything I recommend, I have to be really careful about recommending yeah. it because yeah. you know different people can handle different things, and so I would never say you have to watch any of those movies um, <laughs> ever, ever. Ever, I would never say you have to.
1: Yeah, um,
0: but I, I think there's beneficial conversations that can come out of those.
1: I just really like, uh, monster house. <laughs> I was going to say Godzilla 2014, man. I don't know if you count as a horror movie, but it's a, it's, it's close giant monsters, the, the giant monster
0: movie. I, I've never been scared by a giant monster yeah. movie because there's just, it's so removed from reality, yeah. but like the first Godzilla movie, when they show the after effects of what he did and there's all these, you know, people with who've lost their homes and who are injured and who are have lost loved ones, that's horrifying. You know, and so I, I would count them as as horror movies in intent, yeah. if not in actual horror.
1: So I could I don't know if I can recommend it to everybody, but I I I like that movie a lot. The twenty fourteen Godzilla. It's a I
0: really enjoyed it. You really surprised me Why? with that one. Because most people don't like that.
1: I I love Speed Racer also, so I do that's, too. That's <laughs> I do too. Like I really really like Speed Racer, so
0: that's another conversation. Yeah,
1: but it's not a horror movie at all in any way, shape, or form. No. So, no.
0: <laughs> all right, okay. Uh, any other words about this before we we shut this down, Steve? What about you?
2: There are chords. In the hearts of the most reckless, which cannot be touched without emotion, even by the utterly lost, to whom life and death are equally jests, there are matters of which no jest can be made.
0: Yes, truer words. Truer words have never been spoken on this podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Evan? Well, uh, final words. (laughs) Dogwings.us is our sponsor for this episode. If you would like to commission them for a logo or a caricature of your mom or, you know, any sort of artistic need that you have, check them out, dogwings.us. They're not scary to talk to. No. So no no need to feel terror or dread in submitting your order.
0: Nice tie-in. Yeah, yeah. They are really good. So, like, 249 episodes. We need to work on our openings and our closings, yeah. I think. but
1: We've been working on them for a while. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So we'd like to hear what you have to say. You can come to the podcast website, strangersandaliens.com. There's plenty of ways you can find to get a hold of us. You can also listen to the end credits and uh, find out some ways to get a hold of us there. And I just want to thank everyone for listening and... You know, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter where you're going, I just want to wish you Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David,
2: Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel.
0: We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at StrangersAndAliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more.
1: You can also email us directly at podcast at StrangersAndAliens.com
2: Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash and aliens.
1: Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is one. Eight oh four three seven eight one. And once again,
0: thanks for listening.
2: Oh, boy.